The million dollar question, how do entrepreneurs transition from self-employed to owning a business that turns a profit? My name is Chris Waters and this podcast has the million dollar answer. Welcome to CEO Secrets. Hey guys, it's your host, Chris Waters of CEO Secrets. Welcome back. I have got a great guest on today. He's ranked number 363 on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest privately held companies in America. Um, he was on this list in 2020 as well at number 169. That's no, it's not a small feat to do that two years in a row, uh, staying in that sub 500 list. Our guest today is Keith Murphy. Uh, Keith has got a, uh, a company that installs uh, solar panels for consumers, uh, a great B2C business that um, is obviously blowing up right now. And, but, uh, you know, still, as everybody knows, it requires a lot of work and time and, the right, and hiring the right people and all those things to be successful. So, um, Keith, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate the intro. Happy to be here. Well, let's dive in, man. I'm, you know, I am a, uh, a marketer at heart and you're in the B2C marketing world. I'm kind of curious, what are, what are you doing from a marketing perspective to drive traffic to get the, you know, the level of sales you guys are achieving to get on that Inc. 500 list? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm actually a marketer at heart too. You know, as a, as a business owner, you wear a lot of hats, but the, the, the marketing side of the business is the one that really kind of gets me the most, most excited. I have, I have a marketing degree too. So that's, that's kind of where I come from, but you know, there, there are, there are a lot of ways to drum up business and we do a lot of, a lot of different things, but I, I would say really the, the best, the easiest, the most efficient way to get new business is by creating happy customers. And yeah, you can get referrals. Obviously that helps, but Google business, your Google business page is free. It's, it's, it's easy to set up. And if you put systems and processes in, in, in place to make sure that you're consistently getting those five-star reviews, you're going to do a lot of things to separate yourself from the pack. P- people are doing their own research. We, we're, we're working with people these, these days that are smart. They're doing their own research. They don't want to be sold. So if, if, you, if you have a good online presence and they can do their own research and find, hey, other, you, know, you have 100 five-star reviews, which I think we're one away from here in Kansas City, that, that carries a lot of weight. You know, but there are a lot of other things that we've done. We've, we've done a lot of digital ads, Facebook. We have a ton of, of, of YouTube ads out there. Let me ask you a quick um, question. So prior yeah. to having the reviews, right, you didn't have clients. What were, mm-hmm. you, what were some of the initial, like, big hits to drive traffic? Like, where, were you, where do you spend most of your money to acquire new customers? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, you know, and to, to start, it was it was a hustle. You know, we'd, I did a lot of door knocking. Um, I, I managed my own Google ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. But in, in our industry and in most industries, I, I know real estate, there's probably a lot of this going on too. There are lead, lead gen providers, right? So I, I imagine, you know, something like, like Zillow is something that most real estate agents would, would use to, to drum up business um, that, that exists in our, in our industry. Some can be very good. Some can be not so great. Those lead gen companies, it's, it's pretty risk-free. You know, you, you're paying for a lead. So 
if if you have a little bit of money to spend, then you you're not really taking a risk. You're you're paying for people who are interested in getting more information. Yeah, the lead gen companies you're mentioning, right? Like every industry has these lead gen companies. But yeah. at the end of the day, those lead gen companies are all getting traffic to their website to resell you a lead from a different place. Unless it's like Google, Facebook, Instagram, where you're doing paid ads. Like Zillow, for example, you know, they're driving all the traffic to Zillow.com through a TV, through Facebook, through Google, a lot of it through TV. They allocate like 60 million a year to TV. So in the beginning, when you were spending money on marketing, where was like the vast majority of your budget going? Was it going to lead providers? And if lead providers, like where were they going to originate the traffic? Yeah. So it's, there's, there's two parts here. You're, you hit the nail on the head. You, you have to get started somewhere. So you you don't have five-star reviews until you have happy customers. Well, how do you, how do you get those first customers? And the, the lead gen sources can be, can be good, but yeah, they're, they're, they're also sometimes utilizing the same avenues that you would, if you were to do your own marketing yourself, right? Like social media, you can do TV, you can do radio, you can put up a billboard, you can do all these things. Our industry, the solar industry is, is at the very beginning of its, of its growth. Um, where the, the entire market is is only about a one percent penetration rate. Mm-hmm. So think about that. It's one of the, it's one of the fastest growing industries in the country. It's it's the fastest job creator in the country. But there's only about one percent penetration rate. So if if you spend all this money on TV ads, radio, billboard, you know, there's so many options out there. You're you're going to get to a point where you're where you're spinning your wheels. You you won't get a return on investment. So you you want to be be very picky about where you spend your marketing dollars and we've made some mistakes but there are smart things you can do like we do a farmer's market and we get such good such good leads from these farmers markets because these are people that we identify with people going to the farmers markets are generally going to be people who are going to be interested in the in in getting solar panels on their roof how did you identify that how did you it just, I like to shop at farmer's markets myself. So, you know, and, and that, that's one thing that we, that we thought about, you know, who, where, who are some like-minded businesses or not even businesses, but, but who are your people, right? If, if you understand who your people are and can figure out what are, what are your people like, like to do? Do they like to drink coffee? Do they like to ride bikes, you know, go, go hiking, you know, there, there are various things you can do even on social media to specifically target those people and cre- create ads that target like-minded individuals who are going to have a greater chance of being interested in the business you do that, that makes those efforts worth worthwhile. So the secret I'm hearing you drop is the importance of building an avatar of different buyer personas so you can yeah. dial in your marketing. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we, we actually have we have four different personas that we've identified, um, and and we we target them individually with with individual messaging and 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 everything. So yes, I'm just out of curiosity. Like, what what are those personas, and how are you targeting them, and what you know? Yeah, what mediums are you using to get to them? Uh, yeah. So we we've created our personas by people that you would know. So we have. 
We have a, a Leonardo DiCaprio as one of our personas or Leo for short. And that's the, that's the green or an environmental person, right? And those people exist. Obviously, there's a lot of them out there that, that want to con, con, contribute to curbing climate change. Um, so we, you know, we, we know what to say to them to get them excited. We also have an Elon Musk persona. And that persona is the uh, tech savvy individual, right? The, the innovator, the person that wants the coolest technology for their, for their home. We also have a Dave Ramsey persona. That one should be self-explanatory sure. if you know who that guy is. Uh, sure. people, people are all, all, all about the money. You want to know what their return on investment is going to be by uh, switching to solar. And the, the last one, we don't have a name. We're thinking about maybe calling it Bear, Bear Grills, is the, is the prepper persona. There are a lot of people that buy solar and you know buy a battery backup for their home because they want to get that much closer to being off-grid or have you know, be protected if the grid goes down for any reason. A lot of people that go solar for, for that reasons. So those are the four personas and, you know, uh, targeting them. We, we, we start from the very beginning. So on, on our form, on our website, we, we ask, we ask questions like what has you interested in solar? And we give them a drop down. And if they select one of those four, you know, is it because of climate change? Is it because you want to save money? Is it, because you want the best tech for your home or you want backup power when the grid goes down, then we'll know who that person is and we can target our email messaging and our text messaging towards them. But even okay. before that on the front end. I'm, I'm writing this down. So, yeah, because <laughs> um, I like this. This is a great, this is a great nugget. I hope everybody's listening to this. So basically when somebody's filling out the lead form, you ask them why they're selling and then that helps you put them in a, you know, in a buy box or persona that they match. So for example, they want to curb climate change, then you're tagging them. I'm assuming you're tagging them as a Leonardo DiCaprio type lead. That's that's correct. And, yeah. And then that triggers that triggers a specific tailored message to them through I would assume like automated type drip emails and things of that nature to correct. provide like value added content um, to help reinforce what they're saying. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. And content is, we, we haven't gotten to that yet, but you know, the, the, the big goal for what we do and, and what we're doing and building now is to provide as much education to people as possible. If, if you become a thought leader in your industry, people come to you for questions they have, they're, they're going to, you know, you're, you're that much closer to them purchasing from you. Um, so we've, we've done that in a variety of ways. Have you ever heard of a company called Stanberry, Stansberry Research? No. So Stansberry Research, they deliver financial research to a massive subscription base. And I'm willing to bet they have the most sought after, most experienced, most straight up badass copywriters on planet earth. I'm kind of curious because you, you know, you come from marketing, you like marketing, like what are you doing on the copy side? Like how do you find a good copywriter to get someone to write compelling content to engage with you and respond? So you ultimately get somebody on the phone and then book a face-to-face appointment, ideally, you know, sell them a system. A lot of that is trial and error. So to, to answer your question, we do that in, in house. 
you know, I've, I've done writing my, I have a, a marketing director who's done, done writing. There was a period of time that my wife worked for the company. <laughs> she has a journalism degree and she has a lot of experience writing. So she helped us build a lot of the content that we currently have. Um, but we're, we're entering a, a new phase where we're, where we're going to outsource that. Um, so we, we, where are you going to go find an awesome copywriter? Well, we we uh, we kind of reverse engineered it. We we went on Google and we typed. We we found the competitor online that we think does the best job uh-huh. in the in in the industry at at delivering quality content to consumers. And we found a company that wrote an article that said how to beat this company at SEO. <laughs> and it's always content, right? So we ended up hiring that company and their, their, you know, their search was the, was the first search that, that we found. So we're, we're very excited to get going with them. Um, but we're, we're just now getting to the stage where we're going to out, outsource some of that. Cool. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, just out of curiosity on the marketing side, what, what do you guys use for CRM and marketing automation? Uh, we use HubSpot. Okay, cool. For CRM and marketing automation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Been been very happy with HubSpot. So like when you kind of, you know, think about your business and the different departments, you know, whether it's recruiting, you know, great salespeople or marketing or the operations team or, you know, your install team. What, you know, and, and I guess for people listening to this, they, we, we, I, we, you and I talked about this before the show started. Um, you guys are in the midst of getting approved to be a, a franchisable business where people can copy and paste a uh, proven system. What do you, what do you think is the biggest uh, differentiator for you guys? And what's the compelling reason as to why somebody should buy one of your franchises? I mean, you know, installing solar systems, probably not a huge competitive advantage, I would assume. Like the operation side of like recruiting, I don't know, that could be a unique value prop is recruiting. But what is it? What's the secret sauce? What do you guys do on that so amazing, you know, and so compelling that somebody would want to buy into your system? Yeah, so it's a great question. When I, when I started this business, which is uh, just six years old as about five days ago. So we just had our six year anniversary um, of officially filing with the secretary of state. I started the business because I saw an opportunity to do things better. And, and what I mean by do things better is, is primarily on the, the sales side, the sales process. I was a salesperson. So that's where I had most of my experience. Um, and like I said, I, I had worked in the industry for, for four years prior to starting my own business. And I had worked for two or three different companies. So when I, when I finally took the leap and said, I screw it, I'm going to do this myself. Cause, because you know, the, these other companies don't know what they're doing. Um, I was extremely focused on providing value and, and educating homeowners. Whereas, you know, all of my previous sales training was just designed to close deals, you know? So it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The, the very first customer that I, that I had is that this company had, he was an engineer and most solar salespeople are extremely terrified of engineers because they know more than they do about solar and about electricity and about everything else. 
but I was, I'm knowledge. I was knowledgeable. I had been doing it a long time. I took courses to get certified in different things. And this guy came to me with, you know, 20 questions. I answered all his questions. He called me, had more questions. He invited me out to his house. He had more questions and I answered all of them. And I was, you know, so focused on just providing value and educating that I didn't, I didn't even think about closing the deal. And he said, you know, he, he knew I was a new business and he was unsure whether or not I was going to be able to do, you know, install, so figure out the rest of the deal. Um, but he was, he was going with me because I was the only guy he talked to that, that could answer his questions and answer them correctly based on his own research. So the business was started with the philosophy of providing value, providing an education, helping people make educated decisions. That's our underlying philosophy of the company is, is, is that that's how we started. So, you know, that, that's just the sales process, but, but down the line, you know, I've, I've done every job in the company. I've installed solar panels. I've knocked on doors. I've set appointments. I've sold, um, I've managed marketing campaigns. I've done accounting, you know, I've, I've done everything. And I think that's really important for all business owners to have the experience when they're starting a new business and then obviously finding employees who can do the job and hopefully do it better than you did wearing 20 million hats and develop their own ways to make improvements. So to, to answer your question, I feel very confident that our sales process, our, our marketing messaging, um, our, our processes with regards to project management, installation, and everything during before and after is is better and is continuing to get better because that's our that's our that's our mission is to provide better solar experiences Um, if i'm hearing you correctly what i'm hearing is your greatest value proposition because you have been in every role is you're going to be an unbelievable coach to a franchisee because you have this roadmap, but then there's like this ongoing coaching required to help execute the ingredient. Absolutely, yeah. And that ingredient book, it's one of those things. It's an, you know, it takes a lot. It's not like baking a cake. It takes like three years to right. execute on that Absolutely. ingredient um, in a B two C sales type business. So that's what yeah. I hear. Um, and and you're you're exactly right. And and the opportunity the the opportunity as as I see it. Um, there, there are a lot of people that want to get into the green injury in industry and specifically installing solar panels. Like how do we, how do we help curb climate change? A lot of people ask themselves that, that question. That's why I got in the industry. So there's going to be a lot of people that have zero experience. And I'm, you know, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. The, the, the opportunity to teach and coach and provide them with the blueprint we've made a lot of mistakes don't get me wrong but you can avoid those mistakes by becoming a franchise and we do a lot of things really really good and we're working on a lot of things that i'm i'm, I'm really excited about that are going to differentiate us even even more and, and help franchisees save even more money be be more efficient and, and and sell more business where do you guys buy these solar panels from so we, yeah, so there, there are local suppliers in most major markets. They're, they're wholesalers, but the, the hardware itself is manufactured by, you know, big companies like LG and Panasonic and 
yeah. you know, Tesla as well um, and other companies. I, that- I, I've got two just like very, like I'm a prospective customer of solar, right? Okay. Uh, and so I had a sales rep come to my house and he gave me his pitch. He did an unbelievable job, like educating. Okay, good. You know, like kind of told me, you know, my break-even point was going to be, I don't remember, it was like 10, 11, 12, 13 years or something like that based off my current usage of electricity. But uh, my system was going to cost, you know, like 50 grand up front and or somewhere around there, 50,000. And it's, you know, I got a 4,000 square foot house. You know, my wife keeps the temperature at like 68 degrees. Um, so, our, you know, we have a pool spa. So like we use a lot of, a lot of electricity. And, and so anyways, my, my thing is, is like, as I'm, you know, going through kind of the like financial analysis of this, I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, what sucks is if I move in like a year or two, which is a real possibility from my experience on the real estate side is it's really tough to get the money back on a solar system. Like, in fact, every time I've, you know, and I've been on north of like a thousand listing appointments in my early career, like meeting prospective sellers. Yeah. And I remember always going on these appointments with these engineers, very similar to the guy you just described. And like, they do all these crazy things to make the house like crazy energy efficient. Like I had this one guy that is like, he has this massive company, 2000 employees. He's a, a, one of the largest subcontractors for NASA. And he built this house that was like unbelievable. Like it had like 12 inch thick walls he had a generator that could like power a city. I mean, like commercial grade, like electrical system. Like it was ridiculous. It was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and we actually got like this news write up about it. And like the headline was like, you know, uh, Na- uh, NASA, um, you know, I don't know. I forgot what it was called. This was a couple of years ago. You know, like NASA PhD engineer builds, you know, doomsday house, like luxury doomsday house that can live off the grid. Anyways, so like, you know, we have, we're showing this thing like crazy, right? And this is like one of many cases we're showing the house. And I've had, again, I've had lots of other people, engineers with like homes like this. And like the, to be honest, like the average buyer, like they appreciate these benefits. But what I've discovered is they're not willing to pay for it. You know, like they don't, they, you know, if the house next door sold for half a million dollars, and it didn't have solar panels. And then the, the neighbor had solar panels. Like you, they're not going to be willing to pay five fifty as an example for the house that has solar panels. Like that's been my personal like boots on the ground experience from like a resale perspective of like the actual like energy efficiency type upgrades, not just solar panels, but like other things related to energy efficiency. So how do you like how can you one? I'm just curious from a sales perspective. How do you overcome that objection for the person that, you know, may not be in the house to get to the break-even point and is concerned about, you know, getting their money back? Are they just not a buyer? They're just basically not a buyer? Or is there a way to overcome that objection and for it to make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, I mean, if if you know you're moving in a year or two or potentially moving or definitely looking to move anytime soon, you know, so it, it may not be the right time to buy solar. Right. I mean, that's that's easy. Like, yes, there are people who disqualify because they know they're they're moving in a year. Right. Like I, I would never recommend someone go go solar if, if, if they know that to be the case. Um, but but we do have, you know, quite a few customers who have you know reached out to us to, to help them market their panels or provide information to prospective buyers 
And I, you know, I, I can think of, of one specifically who told us they, they put their home on the market and, and their, their asking price was, they, they, they included the cost of going solar in their asking price, the full ask, the, the full cost, you know, they had owned the system for like two or three years and they got it. They got an offer within 24 hours and, you know, they, they moved to their next house and they immediately re- reached out to us to put sandals, uh, solar panels on their, on their new house. So I get, it doesn't, I mean, that's, that's, that happened this year. I could go back and find that person that, that said that. So it's, but that's definitely not the case for every, for every person. Yeah, and, I, 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 and I understand that. I would say that's more the, the exception to the rule is like you find the new sure. Haystack engineer that appreciates the engineer's house that built it and had all the upgrades done. Yeah. You know, like 80 to 90% of the time, it's not the case. I, I would say that, that there's an opportunity there. I, I would say that, you know, if, if we're, if we're making upgrades to our homes that, uh, you know, it's, it's not a swimming pool, right? It's not, it's not a subjective thing. Like some people want to swim people. Some people don't want a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Solar panels are going to save you money. Like objectively, sure. they just are. So there, there is actual real value in that. Mm-hmm. So whether you want solar panels or don't want solar panels or really don't care, it, it's going to reduce the amount of money you're spending on a monthly basis. So it, sh- it should increase the value of the home. Yeah. Now, well, I my, guess the reason... My, my, my argument is it's just not going to increase it to the extent of what it costs to put in a new system. Yeah, and that's that's probably true, you know, for the, so, for the most part. So let me ask you another question. So I have a ranch located mm-hmm. outside of Austin. It's like 45 minutes out of Austin. Yeah. And, um, the gates, the gates to the ranch are powered by solar panels. You know, it's got this little solar panel thing to power it. And when it's um, cloudy and dark out, you know, like we have like cold front commands, cloudy, whatever, the damn gate doesn't open. So mm-hmm. like, what are, what's the, um, you know, what do you do in that event? Like, is that where the solar battery packs come in to store the energy? Like, how do you overcome like that? Yeah, well, for your specific gate issue, I would I would look into probably getting a small battery to help with that. Okay. Um, but for for a typical homeowner, um, it, modern solar has has something going going for it. What's what's called net metering, and net metering is a is a huge deal that it basically allows homeowners to sell any electric any excess electricity they produce throughout the day back to the utility company at the same price they pay for it in, in most markets. And that's, and you, you can do that up until the point that you overproduce on the calendar month. So the, the first common ob- objection to that is, well, the utility company only buys back at a wholesale rate. Well, that's, that's, that's only true when you overproduce on the calendar month. Uh, meaning you can effectively eliminate your entire electric bill except for whatever you know it, it costs to be to connected to the utility company usually like yeah. 10 10 or so dollars a month or whatever that is through net metering so so there there's there's no financial benefit to batteries unless you live in a market like California for instance who has a time of time of use rates where they charge you more per kilowatt hour during certain times of the day than they do others during peak hours right 
So when, when you get a battery um, in, in those instances, you could, you could, you could charge your battery throughout the day, use what's stored in your battery during peak hours when the sun might, may not be out as much like seven or 8 PM when, you know, people are at, at home and cooking, doing dishes, laundry, stuff like that. And, and use the, the, the power that's stored in your battery to, to not pay the, the peak fees that the utility companies are charging. But, but for the most part, batteries are not actually across the board batteries are not a necessary component to make solar work so if the if the you know if it's a cloud covered day or if there's snow on the panels or whatever you're still going to get electricity from the grid or even at at night you're still getting electricity from the grid but the idea is we size your system accurately to where we we know you're going to produce enough electricity throughout the day and get credit on your overproduction to make up for all the extra electricity you're, you're, you're going to produce when the sun's not out. Got it. So what about like in the state of Texas, that's where I live. We have this okay. crazy like thing happened back in February around Valentine's day. And the grid went down for literally like six days, like, like mm-hmm. a massive chunk of the state of Texas. Yep. I don't know if you heard about this. Like it was all. I'm aware. Years. We have yeah. we have an office in uh, Houston, so I'm 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 very aware. Yeah. So it was crazy, and so we have no power. I didn't have a generator in my house, and I was kind of wondering. I was like, man, if I had solar panels and one of those like Tesla battery packs on the walls, like would that have saved us and been able to power the house? Like, is that what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and and that so that's the reason most people get get batteries. There, there's not much of a financial incentive in most markets, but that that line of thinking you're having right now kind of kind of falls in the the prepper, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if if if, if you know, you're not, I'm not saying you're a prepper, like you probably don't have a cupboard full of beans and stuff like that, but <laughs> if 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 you you know if if you've experienced a power outage and you know, hey, that kind of sucked, like. Yeah. Is there an opportunity to do something? Yeah, solar solar can do that, and and there's really good te- technology out there. Tesla isn't the only battery company that's doing really good things. Tesla is a good company. Um, there, there's a company out there called Enphase. Um, they have a E N P H A S E. We're as a company, we are hardware agnostic. If for for most things like. You know, there are lots of good inverters on the market. There are lots of good solar panels on the market, but we've identified, you know, two or three solar panels, one or two inverters, two battery solutions that we feel is the best option on the market. And we're certified to install it all. So if you want to have power and the grid goes down, solar can be a very good option for you. And Enphase actually just came out with a with a brand new technology where you don't even need a battery, and you can power your home if the grid goes down, utilizing just their inverters. But the sun has to be shining. That's the only caveat. How long does like let, let's say for example in Texas we lost power for five six days, and yeah. it was obviously cloudy and dark out. So can like the so but the prior week it was very sunny. And so mm-hmm. batteries have been charged that previous week and then that charge powered the house for six days. That's probably a very convoluted answer based off a lot of different things. Yeah, just, yeah a lot, a lot of factors. Like, 
yeah, you know, a lot of that goes into sizing your battery. I mean, to, to answer your question, the short answer is yes. That's a, that's achievable. Now for, for most people, we talk to them about, you know, what is, what is actually needed when the grid goes down? Like you want to, you want your, free, your, your, your refrigerator to turn on, right? You probably want some lights to turn on. You may want your, your fan and your uh, furnace to turn on, right? If, if it's a gas fired furnace, sure. you know, gas, gas heat won't, won't work with a, with a battery, but if you have gas fire, you know, gas furnace and you want the fan to turn on, that's, that's electrical. So, you know, if, if we size your emergency use correctly, we can, we can size it in such a way where you don't have to get, you know, four batteries. You may just need one or two batteries to, you know, do what, you know, some um, emergency type stuff. And as, as long as the sun comes out every single day, or even like every other day, you're, you're still going to have power in your battery that, that you're going to be able to use throughout the day. And uh, these, these batteries, especially in phase does a really good job of, of they have a, a battery or a energy management system. So you can see how much it's like, it's like your cell phone, right? You can see, Hey, I have a 30% charge. I probably should charge it if I'm going on this long road trip, right? It's kind of the same idea. You can see, what's left in your battery at any given time. And you can actually shut off circuits using the app to, to manage, manage your energy consumption and usage and storage. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely can work and it's, it's a good solution. If you were building an Airbnb off the grid in a very, you know, rural area, would you, would you put a solar panel in the house and those solar battery packs to power the house? Well, it would, it would probably, I mean, how else would you give it? And how, how else would you supply with electricity? You, it would probably. Generator, you know, diesel, propane. Yeah. I mean, you, you could do that, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, if, 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 are you asking me if I would, of course I would. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's very biased. I'm biased. I'm, I'm, just... I'm biased, but you know, yeah. I, I think. I think anyone who's looking to go off grid, you know, that's, you know, and a lot of people want to go off grid. We talk to them. It's not, it's not, you know, you could power your entire home with solar panels. You don't need to buy a bunch of batteries to go off, off grid. The, the grid still provides value. Let's, let's use it. Right. But if, if you have a home, a log cabin somewhere and it, there's no electrical line running to it, Solar and battery backup is a great solution to provide electricity to that to that home. Cool. All right, man. So I know we're running out of time. So I got to ask you one last question. What would you say has been your? You talked about marketing, but I'm just also kind of curious when you you know survey the different departments in your business. You know, you talk about sales processes and you know being in sitting in every seat on the bus as you scaled up, like. Right. What, what would be the biggest nugget for somebody listening to this right now that has got a business and they're trying to figure out how can they achieve this growth rate, which your growth rate was 1,314%, wow. which is absolutely crazy. It's pretty cool. Um, posted by uh, the Inc. 500 uh, in 2021. Like what, what is the greatest secret to achieving that kind of growth rate? And maybe, maybe, and don't feel free to say, Chris, I already told you, marketing, that's what it is. No, 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 no. it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it, look, me as a person, I am, I'm kind of a dreamer, right? Like I, I, I see things five years from now and I say, well, how do we get to this point? How do we, how do we really truly provide value to the customer and, and how do we think outside the box? I mean, those are, those are really the, the, the biggest things to me. I, I think a company that is truly dedicated to innovation, thinking outside the box, has, has a, a, a true plan to uh, implement various things to make their company better and set themselves apart that's that's what keeps things moving forward. If if you're not innovating, if if you're not trying to make yourself better, then then you're dying on the vine, right? Someone someone is going to come along you and, and and do something better, and you're going to have to play catch up. So, I I would say you know don't look at what your competition is doing. Look for what your customers want, and and customers don't always know what they want, so it can be a tricky question. But if 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 you can identify an opportunity to provide more value to the customer and create a better experience and do so in an innovative way that creates efficiencies in the company, helps you save, save money. Um, and, and, you know, and also uh, create a better uh, workplace for your employees. Uh, those are the, those are the things that you need to be focused on. Th- those are what, those are what drives, drives your business forward. And, and that's what we've dedicated ourselves to. And so, innovation is key in short. If I'm hearing you right, it's it's almost like there. I've heard this thing in marketing called the law of differentiation. So there's like differentiating yourself, but also like differentiating your product to get a better outcome for the consumer. It sounds like that, you know, if you had to boil it down to something, it's law of differentiation, which requires a lot of innovative thinking and getting customer feedback and trying to understand how to help them get a better result. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. C- customer feedback is good. Employee feedback is good too. People okay. who are using your, your product or service and people that work in your company, they're going to give you ideas to improve. Don't shut them out. Listen to them, make those improvements. Small improvements are key. If you, if you dedicate yourself to small incremental improvements, big things will happen. All right. So Keith, where can people learn more about the franchise opportunity? And if they're in one of your service areas and they're thinking about getting a solar panel system, where can they go? Yeah. So um, if you're interested in learning more about the franchise opportunity, our uh, website is www.astrowatt.solar slash franchise. And um, if you're if you're in one of our territories, we're in Kansas City, we're in St. Louis, we're in Oklahoma City currently, and we're also in Houston, Texas. If you go to astrowatt.solar, you fill out a form and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch to answer all your questions and, and, and help, you, help you go solar and power your home with the sun. Cool. I just went to the website to check it out. All right, Keith. Hey, man, thanks so much for being on the show. Congratulations on all your success. I mean, thousand plus percent growth is uh, is is unbelievable. Um, Thank you, sir. Especially in a service business, you know, that's like that's pretty incredible. So congrats on all your success. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. Uh, for you guys listening, be sure to hit that subscribe button and um, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.